When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Enrich your reading life with our Book Riot Insiders perks. We have got three levels to Insiders. There is short story, there is novel, and there is an epic level. And you can try any level out for free for two weeks. For podcast lovers, meaning all of you, of course, Insiders at the novel and epic level get access to two exclusive shows. The Read Harder Podcast, which gives recommendations for the Read Harder Challenge task by task and Book Riot Remixed, where we randomly pair up hosts from across our shows to talk about, well, whatever we want. Insiders also get exclusive access to bookish deals, behind-the-scenes newsletters, our new release index, the Epic Book Club, and more. Sign up now for your free trial at insiders.bookriot.com. That's a free two-week trial at insiders.bookriot.com. Hello, and welcome back to When in Romance, where we talk about all things romance, novels, news, and other things. I am Jess. And I'm Trisha. And we are recording on Thursday, July 8th, and this is episode 86. We're getting closer and closer. Oh, we're so close to 100. Only 28 weeks to go. (laughs) 20 plus, plus, like, there might be, like, holidays, but whatever, still. We're so close, Jess. We're so We're close. So close. <laughs> I'm so happy to talk to you today. I am too. Yeah, did you see how did you hear I paused? I said, I'm so happy to talk to you today and then paused <laughs> as if to suggest maybe you should also be happy to talk to me. So I appreciate you uh, stepping up to the plate on that one. <laughs> I try. I do try. <laughs> but I really am. I'm so excited to talk to you and I'm so excited to talk with you about the survey that we did. We, we're gonna we're not going to get to it quite yet. We're, we're close, but we're not quite there. I'm very excited and grateful to all of you who filled it out. So we'll be talking about that in, in just a few minutes. But before we do, on our next episode, it will be time for... Da-da-da. I don't know. That was the line to... Da- yeah, thank you. When <laughs> <laughs> in Romance Book Club. <laughs> Jess Pride coming through with the sound effects because I had not... I had no plan. I had no... I jumped right in. How do we do it? But we're... Next episode, Book Club, Jess. Next episode, Book Club, we are going to be talking about Wrong Number, Right Woman. Wrong Number, Right Woman. That is the name of that book by Jay. (laughs) And uh, we are recording on July 22nd. That's a Thursday. So feel free to send us your thoughts, questions, ideas, likes, dislikes, etc. We've already got one response. That person really liked it. So... I'm totally looking forward to hearing from more of you and to talk to you, Trisha, of course. <laughs> yes. And uh, you may be talking about the same response, but I saw someone posting um, and tagging us on Instagram um, with their reactions. That was Emily today. So uh, I think her her handle is A Life Lived in Books. Mm-hmm. So if that is your preferred way to send feedback, please feel free to to do it on the socials and, and just tag us and... I'm excited to hear what all of you think. I'm so excited to hear what you think, Jess. 
We're really very excited to talk about it. And I think it's going to be a great conversation in part because twice in a row, you just got all of the words in the title correct in the right order. I did. I'm so so proud of myself. I am very proud of you. (laughs) I mean, 86 episodes in, we're really coming along, I think. I'm trying. (laughs) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's really strong. It's really strong. As always, we do appreciate uh, those of you who send us notes, send us emails, fill out our surveys. We also appreciate the ratings and reviews. It does help folks find the show. So um, if you've got a second, feel free to do that. It's kind of like a survey. Yeah, I'm going to work on that metaphor and, and maybe we'll try again next time. But in the meantime, before we jump into our survey results, Jess, shall we do an ad spot? Yes, let's. Many thanks to Avon Books for sponsoring this episode, we are going to talk about the queer principles of Kit Webb. Critically acclaimed author Kat Sebastian makes her trade paperback debut in this stunning historical romance that best-selling author Rachel Hawkins calls sharp, smart, and oh-so-swoony. Kit Webb has left his stand-and-deliver days behind him, but dreary days at his coffee shop have begun to make him pine for the heady rush of thievery. When a handsome yet arrogant aristocrat storms into his shop, Kit quickly realizes he may be unable to deny whatever this highborn man desires. Can these stolen hearts overcome the impediments in their path? Set in the Georgian era, The Queer Principles of Kit Webb offers a unique and fun historical setting, perfect for readers looking for books to love while waiting for the next season of Bridgerton. The Queer Principles of Kit Webb takes a look at class, the aristocracy, and what it means to be a criminal in society whose laws are fundamentally unjust. So if you haven't had a chance to pick up The Queer Principles of Kit Webb, check it out. And thank you again to Avon Books for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. I'm not going to lie, we love Cat Sebastian. We talk about Cat's books all the time. But also, you definitely had me at the heady rush of thievery. (laughs) That is now how I want to describe more things in my life. So I like it. Yeah, I'll update you in a couple of weeks. I'll let you know how it goes. All right. But in the meantime, I am so excited. I keep talking about it because I'm really genuinely very, very excited by not only how many people have filled out the survey that we sent to all of you, well, in the show notes and, you know, potentially over social media um, over the course of the last couple of weeks, but also just sort of how thoughtful and honest and descriptive the answers that we got were. I don't know. I was I will be very honest, Jess, I was a little bit surprised by how moved I was by kind of how willing people were to share their thoughts and how honest they were and how I think indicative it is of how we're kind of all in this community together and and how important it is that people have an opportunity to be heard. Absolutely. It was, I am going to say it was a shock when I opened the spreadsheet, because if you don't know, Google Forms is a lovely thing where it, it allows you to pull in all of this information so Trisha and I didn't have to go individually through each survey response. And just seeing all of you who responded, just being open and free with with your sort of personal thoughts and needs and limitations over the past year, and being willing to share that with us. And who knows, a broader audience if we're able to figure out a good way to disseminate that information. Probably not all of it, because as Trisha mentioned, so many of you responded, and we are so grateful to be able to 
really pull together some, at least some similarities and differences between all of us. And that's really one thing that was so noticeable is that just as we are all together in all of this, we're all very different readers. Um, so seeing seeing a group of people trend and then suddenly it flips the other way was just so fascinating. And I love information and data. So you're, you are all contributing very greatly to something of my heart here. And thank you. That's it. I think it's, it's, a, it's a thank you. And so I think you are 100% right that we had planned to talk about some results today, and we will. But I think we're going to be continuing this conversation because we're going to leave the survey open. As you're hearing this, it is uh, Monday the 12th-ish, approximately, of July. Um, we're going to leave the survey open, I think, for another week just to let uh, anyone who didn't have an opportunity or who was kind of still thinking through some stuff weigh in. But I I mean, I will – I you have my word. I will read every word that people sent in because – First of all, I'm very curious. And second of all, it really does mean a lot to me that people took the time to to let us know what they're thinking. And so I think either in our next episode or probably we'll touch base at least in our next episode, Jess, and then mm -hmm. I think you're right. We'll see if there's a way to kind of write this up somehow that all of you can hear from each other because I do think it's important to find an opportunity for, for folks to, to understand kind of that they are not alone, but also they are unique. Yes. Yeah. So we talked about a couple of these questions on our last episode. Um, you and I answered them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. How are you thinking we should approach this, Jess? Why don't we talk about the answers up to that point this time around? So we'll talk about the remainder of the questions. And those of you who filled out the survey will know, will have seen those questions ahead of time. And we can sort of talk about our responses later. But... The first few questions were actually really short yes, no, maybe <laughs> answers. And uh, then there was that last one that we both talked about last time around that's a little more of a open-ended question. So I think that we'd, we have plenty to talk about with those four questions or three, two questions, three questions. How many, how many questions were there, Trisha? <laughs> Well, it's tricky because we already talked about our favorite romance novels of 2021 so far. And also, I think people, I think people know our names. So I think <laughs> yes. it's a, it's a little complicated. It's a little complicated for us here <laughs> on a Thursday evening, but we are doing our best and we will figure it out. We will figure it out. Um, I can tell you this. I, one of the things that really surprised me was that I, well, I shouldn't say it surprised me. It, maybe it was a little validating because I probably would have guessed this answer. But I sorted the responses. So I, I think we've got about 120 responses or so, so far. And one of the ones that really kind of resonated with me was the, are you reading more or less romance than 18 months ago? These are sort of rounded figures, yes, but I sorted by the 120 so, you know, that we've got so far. Rounding, you know, up to a couple... We had about 40 people say they were reading the same, about 25 say they were re reading less romance, and close to 60 saying that they were reading more romance. So almost half mm. of our respondents so far said that they were reading more romance than they had, which I think is probably what I, I would have guessed that that would be mm -hmm. probably like the, the plurality response. But I don't know. Does that is that weird to you? Is that right? What do you think? I think that that sounds 
like what I've been seeing in the wild, like anecdotally on Twitter or just having conversations with people at work or in other places online. A lot of people have gravitated towards romance, even if they weren't really romance readers before. So they, it's like, this is, this is the genre that will provide you with an emotionally satisfying ending every time. And it's not surprising that a good number of people are reading more of it when everything sucks. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I, and I think I, I might have mentioned this anecdotally. I, I think I have recommended more romance to friends of mine who had been hesitant about the genre mm-hmm. than I previously had. So I don't know, for whatever that's worth. Yeah. I'm doing the math right now as we speak. But I was checking to see uh, where we are in terms of numbers of folks who are reading more or less or about the same overall. And it looks to me like we have about, okay, I think these numbers will actually check out. So if we've got about 120 respondents, again, these are rounded, they're, they're very sort of quick looks. We've got about 40 people reading the same number of books as they were reading overall in the last year or so. We've got about 30 or 32 reading fewer, and we have about 45 reading more. So those are not quite the same numbers as we are seeing of folks who are reading. It seems to me, and again, we'll take a closer look at these numbers, but if we've got about 58 to 60 reading more romance and about 45 reading more overall, it does seem on this romance podcast uh, survey, like we maybe have more people reading romance than we're reading it. People, I guess I should say, people reading more romance than they were 18 months ago. I guess that's not terribly surprising. Yeah. So again, we'll, 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 we can tease those numbers out a little bit. Absolutely. But yeah, it's anecdotally, I have seen an even balance of people who are reading more and reading less overall, or who are having our problem, Trisha, where they start reading a lot and then don't finish mm-hmm. books. Um, So it was really interesting to see that of our listeners, the scale is tipped a little further in the direction of people reading more than they had been, Mm -hmm. maybe in part because they're reading more romance and romance is just by nature easier to get through and often faster to read. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, for us, that is. (laughs) I think for many people, that's that's part of... The th- one of the things, at least, that they appreciate appreciate about the genre, I think it's also possible that maybe some people who previously were not romance readers have uh, found the podcast in the course of the last year, and and I hope that that's true as well. Um, we're always excited to be able to get to to talk romance with with anyone who wants to listen. Absolutely. So, in terms of those first other questions, just that you and I have responded to already, is there anything that stood out to you as you were looking at at our survey responses? Well, the third question, which we talked about, have you been reading in any new formats or having trouble with formats that you liked before, is you guys are amazing (laughs) with how thoroughly you've been, you explained some of your interesting shifts, because while there are a lot of people who said no, there haven't been any changes, there were a lot more who realized that there was a huge format shift. A lot of people maybe shifted completely to ebooks because of access issues 
or just because of ease of reading. Some people were looking to read more of certain genres or, you know, just, you know, in romance, it's a lot easier to pick up a lot more ebooks, especially if you suddenly find yourself with a Kindle. A lot of people mentioned that they, they started reading on Kindle last year and maybe almost exclusively read it. And then there are some people, the interesting thing was the balance in audio listeners. Uh, some people found that they were reading significantly less audio in part because like me, as I mentioned, didn't have that commute anymore. So you weren't listening to it in the car or, or on public transportation or anything. And then some people have shifted completely to audio. Um, one person mentioned because, you know, you're not touching it and there are no germs, um, but also just because it seemed like it was an easier format to consume. So that was really fascinating. I suppose I didn't expect everyone to have the same answer, but to have such opposite answers was, was really interesting. But there was also that faction that found that they couldn't do ebooks much anymore. And part of it was because of screen exhaustion. Hmm. And yeah. I, I noted that one respondent, Kat, made a really good point about working from home, spending a whole lot of time on screens. And then um, if you add in the fact that we don't have that break from screens for a commute home, then just going to try to do e-reading, it just like, it doesn't quite work as well. And you're losing any enjoyment of looking at a screen because you're just going from one screen to another screen to another screen. Even if you have a, like a paperweight or something, there's still a little bit of element of that screen reading. So more paperbacks, more print books I saw going through the responses. And, you know, like we mentioned at the top, it's such an array of responses and there's no real huge leaning in any direction because of how detailed so many of you got with even this question, which is mostly just about formats. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think we saw a lot of folks talking about screen exhaustion and, and needing to read print. I think we also saw, and you're, <laughs> you're just echoing your point, just that everybody's kind of experience is a little bit different. We also saw folks saying that they were gravitating towards ebooks because the bookstores were closed or the libraries were closed, and some folks didn't necessarily want to order online and. Mm -hmm. Someone who identified themselves as M mentioned that they were reading more ebooks because they were very easy to get while staying home. Mm -hmm. Tracy mentioned that they're reading almost exclusively ebooks now. So it, you know, I think part of what is so fascinating to me about this survey was again how everyone's experiences, even within this community where we have so much in common, were also really unique, which I think is I think is cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And, you know, going through this, there's there's some stuff that was really validating. Like, I too have been having trouble and have been working on balance, but then the balance doesn't really work. So you just go one way or the other. And I'll tell you, as somebody who's read like four print books in the past week, when nothing was working before, it's it feels really good to actually like be able to read things, but then maybe I can read ebooks again. I don't know. We'll find out. Maybe. Who knows? Well, let me ask you this, Jess, because I don't think we talked about this last time. Have you noticed hard limits in reading romance that you didn't have before? 
You know, I had to think about this one because I had a lot of hard limits before, I'll tell you. Like, there, there's a book that everyone has told me to read at least once, and I will not pick it up because it involves the male main character kidnapping the female main character at the beginning, and I was just like, no, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to read that. Mm-hmm. And, but I'll tell you, it's probably not surprising that at some point in the past few years, I have really, really been averse to books with guns and law enforcement at the center. And, uh, you know, that kind of means I haven't picked up a romantic suspense in a while, even though I I didn't read much of it anyway. But there were some uh, authors in particular that I was really interested in their approach to romantic suspense. And there's like some paranormal slash supernatural stuff that is also kind of law enforcement-y that I I haven't been able to really bring myself to read, even though it keeps popping up in front of me. So the tropes involved in some of these books are really interesting. But like, even if they're supposed to be hilarious, if there's, there's someone who carries a gun at the center of the story, I just I can't bring myself to read it no matter who is writing it, even if it's someone who is approaching it from the absolute, like, social justice point of view it's just it's not for me yeah it's interesting it's interesting that you say that because i think i have actually been reading more romantic suspense in part because i think i'm realizing that one of the things that is difficult for me right now is when that conflict moment that dark moment is an internal conflict and by internal i mean between the couple Mm -hmm. and a lot of what happens in romantic suspense is that the conflict is oh no, someone is trying to murder us in this cabin in the woods. (laughs) Or, oh no, we're stuck in the middle of Antarctica and what are we going to do because X thing just happened and we lost all of our food. Spoiler (laughs) alert, I'm going to talk about one of those in a little while. I did think it was funny, uh, not not funny, haha, but funny, like very appropriate. One of the responses that we got was from Kelly who said that they are not interested in anything that is set during a pandemic. Yeah. And honestly, Kelly, I think fair. I think very fair. <laughs> so I, yeah, we got a lot of, of really good answers to this one too. And so I'll be interested in in diving into those. And I, yeah, so I guess for me, Jess, it wasn't like a hard limit, but I'm I'm like you in that I realized, I think even as I talked about a little bit on our on our last episode, anything that was especially heavy or angsty or just like very emotional in a way that I normally could handle has been kind of off limits for me. Mm. It's all about it's all about, you know, being stuck in a cabin in the woods about to get murdered. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That that's fair. It's, you know, we're figuring we're figuring things out. I I don't know. How about how about like new or new to you tropes, subgenres, authors? Anything there for you that is kind of resonating? You know, I don't think there are any new to me tropes that that I have picked up in part because like I've been reading across all the tropes all the time. Um, I think as one does. And, you know, I, I read a lot of rom-com in 2020, just because I was reading almost all contemporary, like I would start a historical and move on unless it was a very special case, like 
a, a very special book by Courtney Milan called The Duke Who Didn't. Uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh-huh. And so that was sort of the center of my reading, um, especially last year and continuing this year, although I've sort of come to rediscover a few things that I enjoyed in the past and sort of abandoned for a little while, like vampires and that kind of thing. And I'll talk about one of those coming up. But really, it was last year was my year of finally reading a few authors. And even some for whom I had either known or even owned their books for a long time. And last year was really the the big year for me for Kristen Callahan and Katie Robert, who are names that have circled a lot for me and for whom I would hear about all the time and just think, oh, I'll put that on my to read list, go and see it was already there. And I am glad that I finally did that because now I know that I have at least two authors who write very, very different things, who I have a lot of backlist, and I know that whatever comes out next, I'm gonna want to pick up. Okay, I don't want to like sound weird or paranoid here, Jess, but did you fill out the survey? Because there was definitely somebody in the survey who mentioned... I want to say those two very specific authors, Katie Robert and Kristen Callahan. I didn't, but hi, survey uh, filler outer. Well, I was going to say, you have a survey twin. <laughs> it's very exciting. And we actually, I think we saw a few different Katie Robert um, responses. We saw mm-hmm. Talia Hibbert. Um, there was one that that really kind of struck me as being really lovely by, I apologize if I'm getting your name wrong, Mika, M-I-K-A who mentioned that Talia Hibbert and I, I'm, this is, I'm just going to read this directly. This is a quote. Talia Hibbert and her Hella Inclusive Brown Sister series. I haven't ever really read romance that wasn't, quote, perfect white girl loves perfect, sometimes troubled white boy, unquote. <laughs> it's truly cool. It's really cool to see curvy women who are bisexual and dealing with a chronic illness and might be on the spectrum. It's also cool that the male characters are flawed too, but look to work on themselves through therapy or other support so that they can be the best part partners they can be totally blew my mind this year and i think a lot of us feel that way about talia hibbert and i certainly could not have put those words together as well as mika did so so i appreciate that i think we saw and this is a thing that i was experiencing a little bit too i think we saw a little bit more interest in like fantasy Mm. uh from from different folks i got into i i had read roan parish before but i think i got into roan parish uh in a way that i had not necessarily been into that author before so I don't know, did anything stick out to you by what you saw in the survey about new to people tropes or, or subgenres, etc., Jess? You know, I was I was happy to see like those names stick out that you mentioned. There were a lot of people who came to discover new authors that that are people that we love on this podcast. And this is something that is actually kind of recent, but I am pretty sure that I saw it multiple times, alien romance, and I know that the Ice Planet Barbarians have been sort of going around TikTok and, uh, you know, spread to the other social media. So I, I did see a few people who mentioned that they were now exploring alien romances when they hadn't before. And yeah, I really love that that quote about 
uh, Talia Hibbert. It's just, it embodies everything about it that's great. Yeah. And we did, we definitely saw some mentions of TikTok generally as the place where people are looking for, for Rex, which, uh, which I thought was cool. I am old and I'm not <laughs> on TikTok. Maybe I need to get on there if, if, uh, if book talk is, is a thing that, that I should be experiencing. It's fun because you don't have to produce any of your own content. You can just look at everyone else's. Well, perfect. That's right up my alley. That's all I, that's all I needed to hear. And how about maybe the last one that we kind of dive into? We'll talk again. We'll talk about all of these questions and, and favorite romances that people have had in 2021 so far, maybe on our next episode. But just for the sake of time, maybe the last one we, we get into here is for you, Jess, we've talked a little bit about this kind of tangentially, but just zeroing in, is there anything that surprised you about your reading and how it's changed or hasn't over the course of the last year? I think the biggest thing that surprised me looking back is how I mentioned I read so much contemporary romance in the past last year and leading up to today this year and I venture away a little bit but I always come back to it and I know that contemporary romance is huge but I I like historical romance I like paranormal romance and supernatural stuff but the stories set in the before and some some of them set in the here and now are the ones that I guess are probably easiest for me to read and easiest just to read in general because you don't have to think about world building and all of that. But I, I'm surprised that I didn't let myself go in those other directions because, like, I have so many backless historical romances that I had intended to read and I keep finding more and I check them out from the library and I read 20 pages and I take them back and I sort of cut my teeth in historical romance and got back into romance because of historical romance and before was sort of alternating between contemporary and historical and I just stuck to those (laughs) rom-coms over the past year and a half and anytime I read anything different like there are two books that actually one is by the author one of the authors that I was talking about that I finally picked up that are both really fascinating and I want to read them but I can't bring myself to because they're set in sort of a second world and Mm -hmm. I am surprised that I can't break myself out of it, but not surprised because I just want the fun feelsy stuff. So that's kind of the the big thing that I've noticed. Yeah, and I will. I I think the thing that I noticed. I I talked a little bit on the last episode about being a person who who suddenly is not able to finish a book when when they hit seventy or eighty percent, and I think that really kind of caught me off guard. But I will I will mention a couple of things that I saw that really struck me uh, in. The survey, one of them was a reflection from from Catherine, uh, who mentioned that they are more aware of what they're reading. This is a quote from Catherine. As I read new books and revisit old favorites, I loved Nora Roberts' Carnal Innocence. It was one of my first romances in my early teens. I've reread it as an adult many times. However, it soured a bit for me on the last read. Though she had tried 90s white woman style to be anti-racist, it definitely has... It has some definite racist undertones and the glorification of the Confederate South. Mm. And I appreciate that that is, that's a real thing that happens. You know, you, 
if you're a person who rereads, I know you don't a lot, Jess, but for those <laughs> of us who do, sometimes you reread and you find that something is not what it was, which can be a little bit disappointing, I think, um, sometimes even very hard. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I will read is something that else that I saw sort of echoed through. It's also it's also kind of a bummer, <laughs> but um, our our wonderful friend and colleague, Jamie kind of us, um, and Jamie, I apologize if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. I realized I've only ever seen it in print, despite being uh, on Book Riot with you for all these years, <laughs> mentioned that uh, this is like just such a beautiful quote, and I think it, it encompasses a lot of what we saw. And so what Jamie said in response to this question was, the thing I used to escape the world no longer offered me escape for a bit, and it was like a terrible breakup you didn't see coming. Mm. And I think that echoes a lot of what we saw from people who were sort of, I guess, surprised by what books couldn't do for them over the course of the last year and a half or so. And I, I think that's really hard. And I wish I had like a oh, it'll be fine. and It'll all come back. And I do think it'll come back. I think books will come back. I think a love of books will come back. But I also think it's okay to sort of sit with the disappointment that something that has always been kind of a, a support for you, in a way, was not able to offer that during a really difficult time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it can be disappointing and still just a very real experience. And I'm very glad, like I said, to, to have heard from so many people in the survey, because I think we're kind of in it together in a in a way of of trying to navigate this in our reading lives mm-hmm. like regardless of whatever else we may or may not have in common that's the thing that we do have in common and I again I really really appreciate how many people responded and how honest everyone was Absolutely that's a, a great way to say it we're like we have very different needs wants lives but this is one thing that we all share and no matter how we approach it, we figured it out, kind of. Or at least we're trying. We're trying. We're trying to figure it out. We are trying. And we would never leave you on such a such a sort of like melancholy but honest note. So before we get into to kind of our final segment, let me do one more ad spot and then we will we'll see if we can brighten anyone's day. Let's find out. But first Our podcast is brought to all of us by TBR, Book Riot's subscription service offering reading recommendations personalized to your reading life. Do you want great new romance books to read but are overwhelmed by all of the publishing buzz? We hear you. Let us help. Tell TBR about your reading likes and dislikes and what you're looking for and sit back while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email, so there is an option for every budget. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. That's mytbr.co. All right, Jess, before we leave people to their reading lives, we had talked a little bit about what kind of book recommendations we wanted to do this week. We did, and we 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 thought that maybe it would be good instead of going forward to go back. Indeed, we kind of thought you know like uh, uh, the books that we talked about on the last episode were some of our favorites of the year so far. But we do recognize that because they're front list, um, if you're getting them from the library, there might be a wait. If you are trying to buy them on your own, they might be a little more expensive. And we thought, you know, what we don't get a chance to do a lot is really just focus in on the backlist. So let's focus on the backlist. Let's focus on the backlist. <laughs> what do you got? I know you have books, Jess. I, I saw you changing the, the agenda in Google Docs over the course of the last couple of days. What? Where did you land? What are your backlist picks? 
Well, the first one is one that I um, referenced earlier, and that is Human Enough by ESU. This book has been on my radar since before it came out in 2019, and I actually bought it in print at some point in the past couple of years when I was doing one of my I need to support an indie bookstore thing. So I bought a bunch of I think they were all like queer romance novellas that I really wanted to read but didn't want to read them in ebook for some reason. And this one is from Nine Star Press, which is a really great um, LGBTQ plus press. All the stuff that I've read from them have, has been awesome over the past several years. And this one I bought because it had so many things all mashed together that just sounded so great. So it's a story that's, um, it's a dual timeline story. It's like now and six months ago or something like that. So if you have trouble bouncing back and forth, maybe save this one for later. But you've got Noah, who, who is a vampire hunter, and he's autistic, and he is just trying to like keep his head down and do his job well. And when we meet him in the now, he has a boyfriend, and his boyfriend's name is Jordan. And we discover that Jordan is a vampire who was kind of in a bad situation with one of the vampires that Jordan was hunting before, who actually killed all the rest of his team. Um, so now he's on a new team, and we get to meet the new team and all of that. So it's a very quick read, and uh, it's not fun per se, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of like, it's it's really sweet for a book about a vampire and a vampire hunter. Um, and there's also, you know, violence and discussion of a very, very emotionally abusive relationship. <laughs> but that relationship is not the one that's happening right now. So but those are things to note if you ha if those are part of your hard limits. But it was my first book by this author. It features, you know, an Asian American autistic main character and a very old Southern white asexual main character. So, you know, really interesting stuff there. And that's Human Enough by ESU. I appreciate you saying the name again, because I was trying to find a way to connect this one to uh, the first one I'm going to talk I don't, I don't know that I could do it. So I'm just going to I'm just going to launch right in. Uh the first book that I'm going to mention is called Real Men Knit. It's by Quana Jackson, who has also written books under the name KM Jackson. I may have mentioned this one at some point over the course of the last year, but it's one that stuck with me a little more than expected. It it did come out, I want to say spring of last year, and it's about Jesse, who is one of of four brothers whose foster mother and adoptive mother dies unexpectedly and has to and, and they have to then sort of figure out what to do with the knitting shop that she owned in Harlem in New York. And then there's Carrie, who has been helping to run the shop all of this time. They are childhood friends. Maybe there's a little bit of childhood crushing going on. I really love these kind of stories of big families, like these small little kind of communities of people that sort of find each other and support each other. And and this one just, like I said, it's a, it's an, it's a more, you don't see a lot of, of 
romances necessarily set in New York City. I think you're seeing more of them or like like just really urban areas. Mm-hmm. And to have this one set in Harlem, I thought was really lovely. Like the setting is such an important part of it. There are questions of gentrification. There are questions of, of race, of what it means to have adopted brothers and, and how that fits into to Jesse's life. There's a little bit of friction between him and, and one of his brothers in particular. And I don't know, I just... It was the kind of book where I read it, I was really entranced by it, and I'm excited to read more in this series, and I am assuming there will be more in this series. So again, that's Real Men Knit. It's by Kawana Jackson. I really need to read that. I've had it for a while. The time may have come, Jess. But in the meantime, I want to talk about You Had Me at Ola by Alexis Daria, which I probably talked about when I read it, whenever that was. But if you have not yet had the chance to read You Had Me at Ola, it's a good time to read it because the next one, a lot like Adios, is coming out in the fall. So you'll be ready to just pick that one up. And this one is uh, set in the world of telenovelas. You have Jasmine, who is a former soap opera star who's brought on to star in a bilingual uh, telenovela for a streaming site or a streaming platform. It's probably like Netflix. And her co-star, Ashton, is... They don't have quite a meat disaster, but it does involve spilled coffee. Um, And they... (laughs) (laughs) I love how it's not quite a disaster, but it does involve spilled coffee. You know, so like as if that is the metric of like, okay, one step further and it would have been a disaster. Well, you know, one of my favorites, I mean, disasters involve, involve a foot and a body part. So, you know, it could be worse. <laughs> All right, for next time, we'll bookmark we'll that in the parking lot well, for next time. We'll talk about that one. Um, and the two have, they have pretty good chemistry, but... Uh, neither is really looking to be in a relationship for their own personal reasons. Uh, but they can't really keep away from each other either. Um, in part because, you know, they're co-stars on a show that's filming. And in part because of that chemistry that they are trying to develop for screen. So it's, it's a heck of a story. And I really, really loved it when I read it, it's just like, there's so much heart in it. And each each of them has their own stuff that they're dealing with. And they have their families and their families are a range of things, but just wonderful, wonderfully created groups of people. And I, I love Alexis Daria's writing, and I look forward to reading the next one. But in the meantime, you can read You Had Me at Ola. So this one I actually can connect. So my next, um, my, my next rec is Whiteout by Adriana Anders. Uh, it is the first in the Survival in- Instinct series. It came out in 2019. And the next one of these books, which I have not read, uh, is coming out, I think, later this summer. So maybe like August, September. But this one is about Angel and uh, Ford, who are in Antarctica, as sometimes happens. <laughs> Quick content warning here. Uh, This is a romantic suspense book. And while it is not the most violent of violent romantic suspense, there definitely is some violence. Uh, Some of it happens on page. Uh, Some of that it does involve uh, guns and other weapons. So if that is not where you are mentally right now, this is probably one to set aside. But it's I this book was a good I just read it relatively recently having had it for a while. 
I was looking, like I said, I've been reading more romantic suspense. I've been reading more of like very different from my day-to-day world. Also, it was during a heat wave. (laughs) And so I wanted to read about a place that was very, very cold. And these people were in danger of being very, very cold all the time. So this is just your typical story of two people at, you know, the station in Antarctica. One of them is about to leave. And then some very bad things happen. Angel gets left behind. Ford gets left behind. They have to figure out a way to hike about, I want to say, 250, 300 miles Uh. to a station where there might be people. Because, yeah, there's the people who left them behind also took all of the weapons, all of the fuel, all of the everything. And also those people are coming back because they realize that they don't have what they need. I'm trying, I'm being very vague on purpose to (laughs) not spoil anything. But I had forgotten, it's been a while since I read a book by Adriana Anders, and her books can be very intense. Mm. Like, the conflict here is not, oh no, what if this person's brother finds out that I'm dating him, even though, like, we're childhood best friends or whatever. This is like, these people might die. Like, oh, somebody falls through a crack in the ice, and things get very intense. Mm. So, it's great in terms of kind of distraction. It is very intense, so be ready for that. But it is, it was, I really enjoyed it. It moved very, very quickly for me. And that's White Out by Adriana Anders. And if you want- Do you have one more you want to sneak in real fast, Jess? If you want something that is um, a little less intense, may I point you to probably the entire catalog of Katrina Jackson. Um, But the one that I wanted to mention was Inheritance, which is a second Seaport book. Um, So if you haven't read the first one, I definitely recommend that. But this one is about- um, a woman who moves to a small town to become a librarian. We know the, the they're actually remodeling the the library and building it to be the perfect space for for her and the contractor who is leading the project. And if there's one thing that I can say about Katrina Jackson's books, I have loved every single one that I've read. I guess I should include. A note that she is a contributor on the book that I am editing that's coming out next year. Um, so I do know her as a human. Um, but back to, back to Katrina Jackson's books and inheritance in particular. It's not quite sexy fluff, but it's sexy fluff. There is always a plot. Some of her series have a bit of a suspense element. She has a whole spy series that I've read like two or three of them and they were all great but you you get like really interesting people who have some kind of clash it can be a good clash or a bad clash and then there's sexy clash um so I mean sexy clash might have to be (laughs) our show title (laughs) we'll see whatever you stay tuned everybody I look forward to seeing what phrase ends up being there So this particular one is just like a really fun element of a librarian who's actually doing like work to get her library started and a really competent contractor slash businessman slash builder who knows what he's doing too. And this town full of fun people, three of whom we meet in the first book, so... You you'll know all about their all about their relationship in this book if you haven't read the first one, but maybe it'll inspire you to also read the first one. And just like this fun little town, so that is Inheritance by Katrina Jackson. But really, pick up any of her books. 
you'll have lots of fun. Yeah, and that Seaport series is so quick and readable. Like, whatever you want to find there. And I'm actually going to hold. I think we had a couple of others, but we are we are running a little over time. Mm-hmm. So I will... I will say this too, uh, just sort of mentioned in passing the book that she is editing that's coming out next year. I'm not sure yet what the rules are about what we can and can't say about it. But if you happen to go to Goodreads and type in Jessica Pride, (laughs) you will find, uh, I think, what you are looking for. And if I need to kick Jess off the podcast for an episode or two later this year or early next, I have a feeling we will find a way to talk about the wonderful work she is doing. So, But that all of that aside... Truly, 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 thank you all so, so much for your responses to our survey. We will be talking more about them. We will be talking more about, you know, just kind of what we saw, what we read, what kind of book recommendations were in there. And like I said, it was, uh, it was, it really, really meant a lot to me how much people responded. Please feel free to keep responding. This will be up for at least the next week. So uh, do feel free to let us know how things are going for you. And you can, as always, reach us at the When in Romance email address, whenandromance at bookriot.com. Where else, Jess, can people find you? You can find me on the socials. I'm on Twitter at JessIsReading, all one word, and on Instagram at Jess underscore is underscore reading. And I am at Trisha Haley Brown on both. Like we said, please do rate and review the podcast. We are so looking forward to talking about... I got to make sure I get it right. Wrong number, right woman by Jay with all of you uh, next time around. Absolutely. And as we continue in this new whatever, uh, happy reading, everybody. (laughs) Happy reading in the new whatever. Whatever.